Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of The Worst Critics, where we review the latest and sometimes not so greatest in movies and music. As always, I'm Noah Davis. I'm John Pena. And let's get straight to the reviews. Uh, first off, we have Scenic Drive by Khaled. I, Khaled is the right way to say that, right? I always get DJ Khaled and Khaled. Is it DJ Khaled? Khaled. We've, we've been over this so many times. I think it's, this last it's, project we said this too. It's very hard, you know? It's... Uh, you, I, I just want to get it out of the way so I can say it multiple times when we when we're reviewing. Uh, I don't want to misname the man, you know. Uh, Got to give him a little respect for it. Um, but apparently, apparently he tweeted and he said, "Khalid Khalid," quote is pronounced Khalid, so it is Khalid. Khalid. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. all right. I need, I need to get that through my head. Khalid, and then DJ Khaled is Khaled. Uh-huh. Khalid, Khaled, got it. All right, all right. You want to start off with this, or, uh, you know? Because I feel like this is, this is kind of weird to review, because what, it's only eight tracks? Eight or nine tracks, and it really wasn't too long? Uh, yeah, felt, nine, like 30 minutes. Yeah, it felt like a breeze, so it's kind of our... Uh, Kind of our troubles with the Vince Staples project, where, you know, uh, it's short enough that it's easy to listen to, but it's not long enough to pilfer through it all and analyze everything that comes out of it, because there's not a ton to grasp at. Uh, but I'll just start off by saying, this is, uh, we've talked about it before, but I'm not sure it's ever been such a blatant case of it. I feel as though his features outshined him completely on one million percent on every track because uh when his features came on i, I was uh, really into it uh whether whether it be jid or smino or some of the other artists i never heard of or uh even majid jordan you know those two guys uh it, it, it comes off as just the features outshine and so there's not a lot of room for him to do his thing and especially when it's only 30 minutes so almost feels like a compilation project in a weird way because he doesn't get a chance to just be Khalid, you know, uh, do his thing. And it's kind of weird. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed by this album at all. Really? Uh, I, I did like the vibe. It was a, I think it did keep to the theme kept to, uh, at least a sonic theme, you know, um, or almost a sonic motif, you know, that the songs carried over to each other without being too samey. Uh, yeah, I mean, he created a feel, right? Like, it's called Scenic Drive. It did feel like that. It definitely but felt like that. Was it enough to make me want to listen to it again or even feel like it should belong on a playlist, like a driving playlist? Mm. Maybe, maybe a couple songs. Like some, yeah, I was going to say maybe some songs. Not the project for sure, though. Um and again, I, I'm I'm fully with you that the features way outshined anything that he was doing, whether it was a verse or, for the most part, like hooks, mm-hmm. um, and bridges and choruses. But uh, I really didn't care for the intro song. Nope. Um, it's fine, but I mean, it's like literally a minute long. Yeah, I felt it served really no just... purpose. And why'd you get Alicia yeah. Keys for that one? Yeah, exactly. Like, why didn't Alicia Keys do something bigger, bolder, cooler, like a hype single? A yeah. Hype... You got one of the best vocalists in like all of pop R and B, and not even just pop R. Like I would think people would argue that she's like one of the best singers. 
Okay, him. okay. Well, that makes it worse, really. Like, okay, you got the uh, best, one of the best vocalists of uh, the modern times, and you just did nothing with that. Uh, it's kind of weird that she even got a credit on it, honestly, because it's what for two seconds and then it's gone. Uh, yeah, it should have been some like powerhouse, some power ballad, or even a single uh, for the album. But I don't know, it, and it really didn't serve. Like the intro didn't serve it up, you know. It, it didn't tee it off for you. It just kind of, oh, okay, he's doing the car thing. I get it. Yeah, it's called Scenic Drive. Like the title of the album already did that, and then the first track is reiterating that. So it's kind of. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, kind of a misfire for me. Uh, and then the, the tracks that it's just him. I don't know. They were they weren't my favorite at all. It's it's. See, I actually did like present. That one was. Mm. Or was it present? I think it's present. Present. I think it's present. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. Besides that one, I mean, I didn't like backseat. Um. Nope. Truth be told, I really didn't care for some of the ones with features as well. Like, nope. I think in total there was like three songs I liked, and it was the Jid feature, it was the Ari Lennox and Smino one, and it was present. I um, really didn't like Retrograde. The Six Lack Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't get that song. Uh, I don't think Black added anything to it. Uh, if anything, he kind of hampered it. It kind of felt like a mess of a song. Uh, in felt a, like it should be uh, in a Transformers movies during like a really sad part. Yeah, you know? or or the second credit song. You know, it's it's not the first credit song; it's the second <laughs> one after all the things have scrolled through. You know, the production crew credits. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't really get it. It's um, it feels in a weird way. It feels outdated. This whole project, and that that that's weird to say since you know it literally came out last week. Uh, yeah, like six days ago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel as though this will be lost to time, and hardly anyone will notice, I don't think. Uh, there there might be one song that, you know, maybe gets some radio play, I don't doubt, but I'm not even sure which song that would be. I, I really couldn't I, that's tell That's what you. I was trying to figure out. So I went to um, I went to the, what's it called, the page on Spotify where the album is right? Um, to look at the plays. And it looks like the most played, and it's probably just because the first real song is present with 16 million. Everything else is under two, except for the Ari Lennox Smino, which is at three. Wow. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, I guess I guess that one's one of the better ones, the Smino one. So I guess that definitely makes sense. I'm not sure about present being the most played. That's kind of weird to me. I think me. it's just because it's the first song. That's I think people clicked it and go, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, like, oh, this is Khalid. <laughs> Got it. Next, or, you know, next album. Sorry, not even this one. Uh, were there any, I mean, I, I guess we've already sort of lightly already talked about it, but the tracks you liked were just the Jid and the Smino one and Present? Yep, that's it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I liked uh, Backseat and Brand New, you know. Uh, I, I left off the Jid and Smino ones because I didn't necessarily like the song I just liked Jid and Smino on the songs, you know? Uh, so I can't say I'm a uh, proponent for those actual tracks. Um, I did really like, who was it? Uh, on Brand New, the Quinn. I, re- I, re- I really liked them. I thought, I thought they did a really solid job. I'd never heard of them, I don't think. Maybe they've featured or been featured on other I, projects. I was looking through them earlier, and it looks like they are pretty small they have a few features with six like black um mm-hmm. and 
that's kind of all I see here. Like, it's like 200,000 monthly listeners. And okay. by comparison, that Kiana Lead or Lede uh, yes. has 4 million monthly listeners. That's a lot. For yeah, someone, so I was like, yeah. I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I, it looks like she's, like, when Spotify gives you, like, the recommended associated playlist, it looks like she's kind of, like, in that bedroom R&B space, like, Classic. slow ballad Yeah, the black R&B. and white splash page with the Spotify wrapped or whatever logo on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a ton else to say about this album. Uh, I want to say it lacks a flair, kind of lacks a panache that I was uh, kind of looking for or, or, you know, not expecting. But uh, in a good or solid album, uh, I, I I would like to have, you know, that would stand out to me. And it just doesn't say anything. Uh, it doesn't really bop the way I want it. It's, um, it's kind of one note in a weird way. It's not that every song sounds similar. It just doesn't do anything different, you know? There, there's not yeah. a whole ton of variety here. It's just, here's some music that you can listen to. And yeah. it's kind of middling in a weird way. I, yeah, I, chose a sound, stuck with it, didn't offend anybody, but really didn't make any statement with it. Just kind of sat. Like, I would have been happy if this was a mixtape because now it's kind of disappointed me for future albums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if this was called Scenic Drive EP or something, that could give it a little leeway or a little room to be, a, you know, it's an EP, whatever. Uh, but now it's so oh, his last album was not great, you know. Um, but uh, well, that's the thing too. Um, he was like, "Oh, it's going to be a EP slash mixtape," and he's like, "No, it's ele- more elevated than that." So is know, it's it like a title called the tape? But I'm like, mm. yeah, I don't, I don't think it was more elevated than that one. I think he might have made the wrong call on that. Uh, honestly, do you want to give it a score? Because I don't, I think I got through my notes really quick. Six. Yep, six. I had a six out of ten. I said maybe seven. Maybe if you really liked that, could have been talked up to a seven. But yeah, I'm at a six out of ten for me. Uh, I was I was entertained enough to not be offended, but yes. definitely not entertained. Yes, barely passable. Nice job, Khalid. Good job. <laughs> but uh, I, man, I'm just trying to delay and delay as much as I can to talk about the next review. Uh, you sure the there's not movie of all time? You sure there's not <laughs> anything you want to say about seeing drive? Like that's it? That's six out of ten? Okay, that's um. Uh, yeah, I mean, so Red Notice is the movie. Um, what's his name? Ross and Thunder or something like that? Third Marshall Thurgood or <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea. Uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber. Yeah, nice. Um. So yeah, he's uh he's something, and he should have just stopped with dodgeball. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, this but, man. Yeah. I don't know how Hollywood works. I don't know how this movie was created, other than just throwing piles of cash at the screen or at the cameraman. Uh, that, I I don't even know where to start. I have no idea just, where to start. I, I want to start with I love that the two leads, two male leads got paid twice for this movie. They got paid once for being in the film. Actually, probably more than that. So they probably got paid once for being in the film as actors, and they got paid again for either producing or having some kind of you know behind-the-scenes credit that gave them an extra little 
flush of cash. But they both got paid for fucking product placement for their products of Aviation Gin, which was way more egregious than the Terramana Tequila, but the Terramana Tequila was there nonetheless. See, um, And I guess four times, because we're talking about it now, which it serves the whole purpose of it being placed in the first place. See, my theory is that maybe they pay, they took a pay bump, you know, like just a little down because they're like, oh, it's free advertising, you know? We can put your tequila in it and boom, that's, we can pay them a little less, you know? We just have to have a clear shot of aviation gin for you. Uh, I knew right when he was drinking a clear liquor, I literally, I just knew, I felt it was aviation. And then the next scene, the bottle's just right there in your face. Um, I, well, I saw the bottle and I was like, that looks like the same gin, but it doesn't have the label on it for some reason. I was like, did they not turned. get the and Yeah, and then, yeah, then he just puts it on the table and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, what? I, just another random point before Whatever we really dissect it. Google search right now, Red Notice. And on the right-hand side of the page, like where Google gives you that little preview of like, you can watch on Netflix, here's the Rotten Tomato scores, all that. Look at the cast and tell me what each character's casting credit is. Let's see. Uh, Bishop. Oh, wow. Uh... <laughs> so the big twist, you could literally just get spoiled for you on the character casting. Yeah. They didn't call him John Hayes or whatever FBI agent, which he's known for for literally like an hour and 30 movie. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, uh... then, and then they don't even get names, Ryan Reynolds or Gal Gadot. They're world's greatest con man and world's greatest art thief. So you know what that tells me? That tells me that... This movie, they decided what their characters' names were going to be once they started filming. Right. Like, in the plot, in the screenplay, it was just those words there. Which I guess would be a cool kind of avant-garde-ish, like, weird way to address characters. But since you literally give them names in the actual movie, uh, that's kind of completely lost. Right. I, okay. Well, especially when you give the inspector a full name and, like make it a thing like when the inspector mm. enters the room oh it's inspector Urvarashi, whatever the fuck and you're like yeah what? i i literally <laughs> my my first note was is this movie real because it feels like a giant commercial for i don't know for ryan reynolds and the rock and gal gadot and also I, mercedes I, the hitler mercedes yeah, why why did they not have the obvious Volkswagen joke? That literally the joke writes itself, guys. It literally does. And then they oh, said, like "Hey, the cringe Ed Sheeran thing." Oh my god. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, it was literally just product placement for pop culture, which was weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to start with um, it's never a good idea to explain your title in the first one second of a movie. You know how they did the red notice colon the highest blah 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 interpol blah 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 that's never a good thing unless it's you know thematic which it wasn't you just explained why you named the movie that and i didn't i didn't need that you could have just the the, the inspector Ravashi or uh, i think the uh, inspector Ravashi, yeah uh she could have said red notice or explained the red notice, but instead you just explained it for the audience as if we're children or, uh, I don't know, can't, can't read or, you know, uh, or not read, but can't listen to the script or anything. Uh, that's just to start off. And then the, what was it? The voiceover intro that introduces the treasure and the mystery quote unquote, 
mm-hmm. man, it's this is a very, very, very rough movie. It could have come out any time in the last 20 years. It, it just, it takes every single cliche and every single just what you expect of an adventure movie and then just paste it all together like a, like a, like a, a camel, you know, it's a committee that designed a horse. It's kind of like this. It's a committee that designed an action film and man, it's you know Netflix's awesome. most expensive movie. This is. Yeah. Wow. $200 million budget. I bet you a hundred million went to the rock and Ryan Reynolds. Because yeah, and like their associated, you know, companies and wardrobes, et cetera. I oh my, ugh, 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 that that's crazy to me. Two hundred million dollars for this movie. That's this is maybe the worst Netflix movie I've watched. Um, this is comparable to Death Note. If anyone out there who has watched yeah, Netflix, it's movies. definitely the worst Netflix movie I've watched. But that's because I've refused to watch any of the last like eight Adam Sandler movies on principle. That's fair, but at least there's some sort of I can grasp at understanding uh, people enjoying Adam Sandler. You know, it's it's hokey and it's not for me, but there's there's something there. Here, it's I feel as though I had seen this movie a hundred thousand times before. You know, the first Anything. thirty minutes. Yeah, uh, I who I don't know, man. The uh, whether it be the unfunny script, the. Uh, Obvious jokes and what making fun of Russian guy looking at Putin. Ha 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 ha. Very funny, guys. You're hilarious. Uh, Ryan Reynolds quips weren't funny. And that's weird for Ryan Reynolds. It's usually that's usually his thing. That's that, that, you know, we liked free guy on this podcast, you know, so like there's proof of concept here uh, that the Ryan Reynolds charismatic guy can work. But this movie is not proof of that concept. Um, it almost feel, it almost came off like a, um, what was that movie? Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson, I Spy. Kind of felt like, sounds really familiar. Kind of felt like I Spy, but somehow worse because there's no Eddie Murphy in it. Uh, so it's, it's just not funny. Or Owen Wilson. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he makes, okay, whatever. Uh, I don't think Owen Wilson can really carry something like that uh no but it was funny yeah fine yeah fine there's something to that movie at least i would i would recommend watching that movie over this one i uh i'd recommend watching most movies because whether it be the direction or the script or the Dude, uh, that movie in 2002 cost 70 million that seems well worth it honestly even though it's not it seems more box worth office it. though 60 uh, I bet you if it was a Netflix movie, it would have been number one for oh, Netflix, two yeah, weeks. Oh, Netflix, yeah, Netflix yeah. But uh, I don't know. I could even complain about the action sequences. And when you're an action film and you have, what, ten? I would say nine or ten action sequences. They had a ton, you know? I'm not going to argue uh, that it was uh, action packed. Car chase was super cringe. Yeah, I just they thought... like ten minutes before on the one car that was in there, and then poof, two other cars are uncovered, and it's like a fucking cartoon, like mobster like with yeah. the fucking big uh turret I also, on the back of the car. I also love that these cars from nineteen thirty six um or whatever whatever World War Two year you want. Uh I love that these cars that have been in a humid underground bunker are just working tip top shape and have gas in them and uh you know can drive 
and you know just they i love how those function and stuff i, I just any besides that there there's so many problems with this movie it's not even funny because well, yeah johnson reynolds and gadot were each paid 20 million to star in it there you go that explains Thurber was it all. paid 10 million to write and direct 10 million dollars for something a fifth grader who wants to write screenplays could write I'm telling you, you could literally go to the nearest middle school, pay a kid $10 and million, dollars, and you're going to get a way better movie than this one. Uh, because let's, let's, let's backtrack to the spoiling of the twist. Since, the, since Google literally does it for us, I don't think we have to yeah. worry about that. All you have to do is look up, oh, who's in this movie? Oh, The Rock? Oh, and he plays Bishop? And you start the movie, and no one calls him that until the very end, and you go, uh... So I, I want to talk about the twist, um, quote unquote twist, um, because why would there be a scene from The Rock's perspective when he's looking for the fake bishop or, you know, whatever, Gal Gadot, um, when she's putting the, uh, the, the, what, the Fabergé egg into the van, you know, and then she and then she like hides from him. Why? Why would you have a scene from The Rock's perspective of yeah, that's not- the woman hiding from him? If you're just gonna spoil, or if you're just gonna twist that they were in on it together, like that yeah, literally you, makes you no showed sense. Us, yeah, you showed us something that didn't happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like the, the Rock went and looked as if he was looking for someone, and there's no other explanation for that other than him looking for the Bishop character. But if he already you know, winked and nodded at the Bishop character, then why would he look? It's like they forgot the twist when they're filming that scene and then said, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a twist at the end. I forgot. We need to film that one, too. Uh, I don't know, man. And then it sets up, has the audacity to set up a direct sequel. Why? What? I I, I get that, that uh, production companies and even Netflix are sequel hungry and love sequels. But, geez, guys, at least have a baseline, you know? You have my, to have... my bigger problem with that scene was, of course it was inexplicable. What high-profile Interpol slash FBI, like, cooperative investigation doesn't know the number of people going to be in the truck assigned to guard the precious item? Uh, she was supposed to be ones? in that truck. She was supposed to be in that truck. She loaded it. You know what I mean? Right. So you would assume the driver would be like, hey, where's my guy? Yeah, exactly. Because The Rock wasn't even in that car that day. Right. And then he so gets in So where was your it. partner? Yeah. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you would think the driver who has had training and who is an Interpol agent himself and not just a faceless one that they want us to think. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you would think that he'd be like, hey, where'd that, where'd that other agent that I was literally just talking to go? Uh, or that I just drove here, you know, I just dropped them off. Where'd they go? Are they still in the back? You know, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, this is an awful, awful, awful movie. Uh, if anyone enjoys this, I'd be amazed. I think you'd have to be completely not sober at all to like this movie. Or like one seven years old. I was pretty drunk when I watched this and. It wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe if you're seven years old and this is your first action film ever, uh, it could be okay. Uh, the quips could even maybe be a little it humorous. Could be your first action, because I think this is 
funny enough for a seven-year-old that it doesn't have to be their first action. You know I what I mean? Know. Like, I, I think little though... kids like The Rock, and I think little kids like, at least little kids that grow up in parents' houses that let them watch things like Deadpool. Right. Like, they like Ryan Reynolds, and they like that style of humor. Yeah, I don't know if this would do it for them, though, man. Like, if I had an eight-year-old that liked Ryan Reynolds, I'd be like, we're going to watch his next one, okay? We're going <laughs> to... Or we're going to go back. We're going to go before this one. Uh, because there is almost nothing I can say positive about this movie. Is there anything apparently, positive you can say about this movie? Apparently it was one of the first feature films to extensively use the first-person view drone flying for cinematography. So, there's that. Wow. I mean, wow. What a pioneering technology that is. No one's ever thought of that one before. Uh Jeez. It, it, did you have any positive uh, notes or anything or notions? Uh, I'm really thinking hard on it. I didn't have any that I remembered, but I'm trying to think if there was anything redeemable. Because I came and write home about like the set pieces or the set design because it all felt manufactured and synthetic. Yeah, it was all fake. Even their clothes. It felt like they all had designer clothes on, which I get usually movies do use those clothes, but they don't inherently look they like look it. Like, right. That you should look like people. You shouldn't look like... I, I can't imagine what FBI profiler would make himself out to look like a supermodel. Like, that leather jacket seemed, like, so ridiculous in the first couple of scenes because I'm like, no one's wearing a several thousand... You're an FBI profiler. Like, the government doesn't pay you millions of dollars. It doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I came in... I don't even know if I can defend the score on this one. Uh... Whoever did the score, I didn't even know that I paid attention. Yeah, whoever did the score, I'm sorry that you had to work on this movie, but I'm not so sorry because you probably got a fat Steve, paycheck. This sounds like something that Jack Black made up. Steve Jablonski. That why does that sound familiar? Does he do he anything else? On, he worked on Thurber's scoring of Skyscraper. Wow, a classic movie and film. I bet I haven't even seen Skyscraper, and I bet you money it's better than this one, uh, or at least I hope. Jesus. Um, I don't know. I don't know how Hollywood works. I don't know how this guy got the job to direct or write this movie. Uh, it's crazy that this is a writer-director movie, you know? Because a lot of the time when there's a writer-director, it feels a little um, uh, personable and almost intimate, you know? It, it, like, like a Nolan movie, you know? It, it kind of feels like Nolan's brain on the screen. Uh, whereas this... If this is if this is uh, Thurber's brain on the screen, I don't want any part of it. He needs to stop doing that. He needs another writer. That's what he needs. Yeah, I'm 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 ready. This was estimated to need a total of two hundred million hours to be deemed a success. Uh huh. Of view time, um, aka eighty three million household viewers. Right. And following the first day of its release, um, Ryan Reynolds announced that the film had had the best debut of any Netflix original film in the company's history. And over the first three days, it was re- it was seen by over 8 million households. Is that, was so, that enough? No, I mean, it wasn't enough for the total, but it, it said it needs 200 million hours in its time. Yeah be deemed a success like for however long it's on netflix which i assume is until netflix dissolves so the fact that it's already you know 
five percent there. I I don't know, man. This is this is um, Jesus. I let's see. Wait, wait, wait. The top I'm ready to give this a score because this is such a trash movie. Yeah, in the second week of its release, it had 129 million hours. So it was like 60 million away from getting it. And that's uh, just to 11... be a success. So I, I don't know. I really don't know if we'll get a sequel, you know, because Netflix is pretty stringent about their viewing hours, I'm pretty sure. So if it's not getting that within the first week, I don't know if we'll get a red notice, too. And God willing, we don't get a red notice, too. What? Is there more information? Well, just separately, because it released in some theaters um, that it made about $2 million from its theatrical, you know, its limited theatrical release. Mm-hmm. That doesn't bode well, I don't think, does it? No, not particularly. And especially given its, like, critical reviews. But a lot of people watched it, so it's hard to say, like, how what they define as a success, you know? It's true. Like, excuse uh, me, is the hours? They're probably close. But if it's not gangbusters, I feel like Netflix doesn't care. You know, I, I think I think that's just how Netflix works. If you're not, I know, but it's been records, out for a month. It's been out for a month, so I'm just curious. To well, it did break. It broke several of their records. Okay, it is the but... most. Uh, what was it? I just read it was the most. Yeah, it's the second most watched film on Netflix within two hundred or within twenty eight days of its release. And then within 11 days, it displaced Bird Box as the most watched film on Netflix. Awful. So, I mean, that's got to be a yeah, success. Yeah, right. Okay. God. That's, that's terrible. I just feel as though Netflix could have made 10, $20 million movies, and those 10 movies would have been better than this one, you know? Or, you know what I'm saying, like four $50 million movies or something like that because the marketing budget's probably huge on this one. With yeah, all the names attached. In November 2021, um, an executive at Netflix announced that there were tentative plans for a sequel and stated that Thurber had officially pitched a sequel and that all the creators involved in regarding it had officially told them that they were interested in continuing it. The producer said that the potential sequel would include the trio of stars in addition to Heist Around the World while reaffirming its development for independent – that its dependent was dependent on the reception of the first film. Uh, and then – Johnson celebrated the positive reception to Red Notice, saying that there was more to come. Gross. Johnson uh, teased a future film announcement. The I'm ready to give this. Greenlit. I'm ready to give yep. this a score. And I'm ready. He intended to, give to it. film two sequels back to back. Someone's getting a little ahead of himself, is what I'm hearing. Uh... Yeah, I'm ready to give this a score. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just, I, I need to throw this movie out of my head. You know, just throw it in the trash. What was basket. the movie that we gave zeros or ones to? Uh, Gummo and Eurotrip. So okay, related to Eurotrip, this still wasn't as offensive as Eurotrip. I me. guess, I guess not. I guess not. But I think I would, that's but I, but just like barely because, higher, like yeah. one, one and a half. Uh, one and a half is totally fine for me. If we gave Eurotrip a one or a zero, one and a half is absolutely fine with me. Like, I guess this is a movie. If you if you look up the definition of a movie, yes, this does fit within that. But it does nothing. It's so uninspiring that it takes away from it just being a watchable movie. 
Um, yeah, and then you factor in all the literal work and money that was thrown into this thing, and I go like, for two hundred million dollars, you could have bought a country. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like yeah, what do you do yeah. with two hundred million dollars? You fucking idiots! But of uh, course, ugh. they made a ton of money. Is what they did. They fucking of course they did. Jacked up their numbers. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm happy with giving happy. this a one and a half and just washing my hands of this and just letting you know, just letting it die because I'm totally fine with moving on. And unless what? you have any We're last done. notes, I I just I I want to talk about. Do you remember when he's profiling uh, Ryan Reynolds' character like the very beginning of the movie, and he's like, <laughs> "You clearly suffer from." daddy issues because your yes. dad is blah 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 he's like ah, how did you know <laughs> you're such a good pro i was like like why would you imagine that two bad guys would talk to each other like that like it doesn't even make any like it's so unrelatable and uninspired it just hurts yeah yeah because an fbi profiler literally is going to go on the scene because that's how profilers work profilers work yeah uh he's going to go on the scene and then he's going to literally do his work in front of the guy, you yeah, know, and in describe profile. in detail how he gets to his conclusions. Yeah, and and then even if you factor in, oh well, he wasn't really a profiler. It it doesn't matter because that makes the Interpol agent the one, the one maybe the one character that had any sort of substance, which is uh uh uh, uh whatever the the Interpol agent woman, uh, Inspector Doss. Yes, the inspector. Uh, if you, if you factor in that twist, that takes away from her ability to be smart or a critical thinker, uh, and it takes away from her being any sort of strong, fe- you know, lead or strong female lead. Even uh, I don't know. It, it diminishes her point entirely, or it makes her seem so stupid that she's just that stupid. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, just I, or she's blind or something, or you know, I. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I just one of one point five. You got any last notes? Nope. Hold on. Let me check my notes. Uh, we already talked about Ed Sheeran. Uh, uh. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay. We're out of here. We're at. We're we're uh, we're we're out of here. That has been episode fifty eight of the Worst Critics. We will see you next week on episode fifty nine, where we will be reviewing Don't Look Up and Magdalena Bay's Mercurial World. As always, I'm No Davis. I'm John Pino. And we're out of here.